0: The Soda Pod is proudly presented by 7th Avenue Pizza. 7th Ave Pizza produces the highest quality, best tasting frozen pizza available in the market today. If delicious toppings are what you crave, look no further. Try the meat sauce pizza today because it wails, folks. Follow them at 7th Avenue Pizza to stay current on where you can grab yours today. Get you some 7th Avenue Pizza today. Now let's get right to the show. Let's go. We're back. Judd's buds episode something. Uh, Thank you as always for tuning in. Your host, Oak Z here. Uh, Same shit as always. Um, Been a little bit since we last did one of these. Um, I think it was actually probably two or so weeks ago, almost to the day. Uh, Had the first ever guest, Dan Myers. What a beauty that guy is. He gave me over an hour and a half of his time because he's just the best dude ever. Uh, Probably my my favorite one that we've done so far just because I did have a guest and I didn't have to talk the whole time. So hope you guys enjoyed that one as much as I did. Obviously, since then, a lot has happened um, that we're going to have to talk about since then. Obviously, the Fiala trade happened. I was going to do um a full episode just for that trade or just about that trade but um i haven't really had a second to sit down and do one of these in a long time and i was going to do that also earlier this week again i pretty much just haven't been home and then um i haven't slept like i literally just haven't i've been awake for several days so my brain isn't working um obviously You know, there's different opinions about the trade. Uh, Some people love it. Some people hate it. I personally love it. Um, You know, you probably saw me on Twitter there uh, reacting to it. Um, That being said, though, we'll do more of an in-depth breakdown of that trade. I mean, at this point, it's kind of old news, so maybe no one gives a shit anymore uh, or really cares what I have to say about it. But um, when I sit down to do the normally scheduled episode that'll drop next Tuesday. Um, I'll spend more time on that trade um, and kind of give you my actual in-depth thoughts on that. And then we'll obviously also be reacting at that point to the draft. um, See what happens here. Um, And that's what we'll do for this one or that one Uh, for this week. Going to be more draft focus. I'll pretty much just do questions because I have a shit ton. Um, There are some Fiala trade reaction questions in there that I just didn't get to, obviously, so we'll mix that in as well, um, but we are recording this. It is Wednesday. It is the day before the draft. I don't know when this is going to come out, hopefully, um, if not later on this evening, then in the morning, so, um, you know, the when the draft happens, it's not totally outdated, um, but that's what we'll do today, so um, a couple of things I guess we'll talk about before I just jump into the questions here, but... um. This will be a draft slash uh, mailbag episode, mostly mailbag. mailbag. Uh, And then next week we'll be reacting to the draft, and I'll start talking more about that Fiala for the first and the Brock Faber trade in depth. Um, So that's what we'll do. Um, Also, if you want to join us for the draft um i believe we will have a live stream through the soda pod myself isha and uh hoppy will probably be on for the whole thing which usually it's like three hours so um that should be entertaining last year it was a ton of fun i think i was only supposed to pop in for like 30 minutes because that was before i had this podcast and then i ended up staying the whole time and just was vibing i uh, probably drank about 100 beers so probably gonna be the same exact thing uh tomorrow uh, but there should be a link that gets tweeted out or something to join along. If you want to come in, hang out, um, throw some questions around there. I'll be making a fool out of myself, going mar- go, losing my marbles to every trade, or Jesus Christ, every pick. And uh, that's what we'll do for that. So look out for that link. I'll retweet the shit out of it when it does drop, um, and it'll be a good time. So without further ado, let's just get right to it. Um, obviously, like we just said, draft happens tomorrow. Uh, Minnesota, they are for the second year in a row. They have two picks in that first round, pick number nineteen, uh, and pick that was uh, acquired by the or from the Kings, uh, pick twenty-four. They have two picks the second round, and then one pick in round three, four, five, and six. And who gives a shit? No pick in the seventh. So um, again, really nice spot to be in. Obviously, they were very competitive this year. They're a really good team. Um, there's no reason that they shouldn't continue to be a good team for a little while here and they have a really deep prospect pool and now they have all of these picks uh just to add even more depth to that pool. So that's a really good spot. I've said this before in the past here um you know I this draft has been it's a weird one. I don't like when people say it's just it's a bad draft. I don't think that would be accurate. I think at the top of the draft that's not the normal star studded um you know, top half of the first round that we've seen in the past, it's more depth, but there's a lot of kids that are going to fall, that are going to project to be really good NHL players, and I think there's a lot of kids that are going to go in all seven rounds who will play in the NHL, so I do think it's a relatively deep draft, not star-setted, per per se, but um, definitely just a lot of, you know, guys who project maybe as a middle six, um, you know, middle pair on the back end there's not a ton of goalies that are going to be high end coming out i'm sure there's always a couple of goalies in each draft that end up becoming nhl players but um so it's an interesting draft and obviously you know at the top there's been all this controversy shane Wright has been the um definitive number one pick here for like two years um for me, he's still the first overall pick, but it sounds like he's probably not going to be that first overall pick. Uh, sounds like, you know, the Canadians really like Slapkowski. It also sounds like they really are trying to get um, another pick in the top three. So there's trade rumors flying around. Um and this is the first draft that'll be in person in a couple of years. Uh, so everett will be there. So there's going to be camera feeds of GMs talking to each other. Uh, so the rumors will just continue to swirl around here, which is always fun and entertaining. But um, there is a lot of controversy leading in. Um, so we'll see who ends up going number one. I have a feeling it will be Slavkovsky. And the interesting about that is I don't think that the Devils are necessarily planning on taking Shane Wright with that second pick. And I really don't think that the coyotes would either with the third pick. So there, there's a re- very real scenario where Shane Wright not only doesn't get selected first overall, but even slips to four or five, which for me is crazy, but um, I'm also an idiot. I'm not a GM. I'm not a director of amateur scouting. So um, whoever goes first overall picks a really good player. Um, and they'll be great. Now we could all look back in a couple of years and think, "Well, there you go, Shane Wright should have been there the whole time, and you just didn't take him." So way to go. Um, but who knows? So it's going to be interesting. But like we will focus here on the wild. I do think there are going to be two players at nineteen twenty four who are available, um, who probably shouldn't be, just with the way that a lot of um, you know scouts are talking about this draft. Um, there are a lot of kids that might be there that I would put in the top 10 or top 15 if I was personally uh, running a draft. But, you know, we'll see, you know, do does Judd Brackett say, hey, we can move up and get someone here. Um, You know, we'll see about that. So so it's going to be interesting. And I'm really excited to just get this started and get going and get through the 2022 draft because it's always fun just to add new prospects. It's always a fun time of year, especially for me. And I'm also just excited to start getting going on the 2023 draft, which is going to be fucking loaded. So um, that's what we got going. And, um, you know, in terms of positions of need for Minnesota, um, I don't really anticipate Judd Brackett approaching it like that. He's been very firm, very adamant that, you know, they're looking at the best player available. And the thing is, with their prospect pool, where it is, with the players they already have in the NHL and the depth they have everywhere, Um, They can afford to take a couple home run swings here. Right. So they don't have to play it safe here. They don't have to draft for need. They have to do any of that. They can take, um, you know, at least one swing in the first round here on a pure ceiling type of pick. And I'm really curious to see which direction they go. If you just look at the prospect pool and the guys that they have, if you were you know gonna draft by positional need you could always add more centers right I mean Marco Rossi looks like he's projecting to be that number one out and out center plays on both sides of the puck just incredible incredible prospect one of the best um who hasn't full-time made it to the NHL yet um but you could always use more centers so you know if you can find one that looks like he could project to be a middle six or top six center. You're going to take a swing there. Um, But just like on the face of it, obviously anyone that shoots right, any right shot would be good. Uh, You know, the right side, they do have obviously Matt is a left shot that plays on the right side, but he can play both left and right wing. Uh, Then you have like a Pavel Novak who, you know, that diagnosis that he just received, he's going to miss a year of hockey. That's really scary. Hopefully, you know, that works out um, for him, but you know, That was, uh, that sucked to see. Um, But there really just isn't a whole lot. You have guys like Nick Sweeney, who's a bubble NHL guy, Um, you know, Mitchell Chafee, bubble NHL guy. So, you know, the right side, the right wing you know, that's always going to be a position need. But at the same time, that's not really a position you necessarily want to put a whole lot of draft stock into. Um, Just the wing in general, you know, you obviously have your unicorns, a guy like Yurai Slavkovsky, um, who's big, who can move, who's skilled. He's got a great shot. Um, Obviously, that guy's a unicorn. That's why he's going top five. Um, Probably going to go number one. So, you know, other than that, you know, you look at the right side of defense. You've literally got Kalen Addison. um, Now you have Brock Faber. And after that, there's a pretty big drop-off between, you know, Faber and a guy like Kyle Masters, who, you know, again, you know how I feel about him. I love that kid. I think he's a great prospect. But, you know, it's not at all a sure thing that he does end up making the NHL. And even if he does... Um, know he's probably four years away so you know it's it's a that's a significant drop off between him um and he's again it's not necessarily a a for sure thing that he is a nhler same thing with simon Johansson, who should be in iowa next season um he might be a year or two closer to making the nhl um but you know you're always going to look there too and anytime you can find you know a guy that plays on the right side defense obviously that's a uh you know that's a luxury the nhl so um you know those guys are Obviously, incredibly valuable, um, and there there are a few uh, that'll be, you know, around. Maybe not necessarily the first round, but um, you know, again, I, I would look for Judd Brackett to take big swings here. Um, again, don't rule out the possibility of him moving up, trading back. Who knows? Um, but there will be plenty of play, players available in every position that I think are going to fall to, um, you know, spots that they shouldn't shouldn't. So we'll see what happens. Um, and that's it. That's the uh, that's Spokesy's preview of the NHL draft, specifically the Minnesota Wild uh preview of the draft. So, um, I'm not gonna jump into like specific players that I would be looking at. I mean, you guys have seen me, I talk about a guy like Denton Matechuk, who plays with Damon Hunt, um, he's a left shot, most electrifying defenseman in this draft for me. Um, Again, this is a kid that at one point this season was averaging like 160 puck touches a game, which is 60 more than the average defenseman in the, in the CHL. Um, he's just everywhere. So I love that kid. You guys know that. He's my number one son of the uh, this year's draft. But, um, you know, there's going to be a lot of players that I'll be curious to see who fall to 19 and 24, and we'll jump in. I, there's a bunch of questions in here about that. So um, let's just let's just do that. Okay, let me just do a timestamp here. Yeah, this is going to be a long episode. Okay. First couple questions, I'll jump into the ones specifically about the Fiala favor trade. So, Max Sackett, uh your thoughts on Favor and how close is he to being NHL ready? I think Favor is incredible. Um, you know, I think... My big issue with a lot of the reactions was the people who were using like the NHLE or like probability that they become a full time NHLer and blah 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 blah. Um and I think that's bullshit because anyone who with a similar profile to Brock Faber is not gonna look good to those models. Um he is right now primarily a defensive defenseman, but um I love the kid. He's got decent size, he's incredible, he just won, you know, Big Ten Defender of the Year, defenseman of the year. Um so he's for me, I would be shocked if he's anything less than a number four, uh, shutdown D man. The first thing I thought of when they announced that it was Faber, um, is well, now you have him and Ryan O'Rourke to be a second pair shutdown for 15 years to the national hockey league. Um, you know, he moves incredibly well. The skating is high end NHL level skating. Um, and you know, in terms of the offense, I've talked about this before with guys like Kyle masters, um, with guys like Jack Peart. Um, a lot of the offense that they have, you know, it's not necessarily goals or assists, it's the ability to lug the puck up the ice. Um, you know, transport the puck and facilitate offense that way. He makes life so easy for forwards and, um, you know, the team breaking up the ice and and setting up the offense uh, on the offensive zone. I do think there's a lot more offense to be had there for him um, just because he does have pretty good skill. Like I said, he moves really well. um, And the hockey IQ is through the roof. And I don't think he's all that far away from being in the NHL. You know, I think if he was not in LA um, and you just look at their pool, Specifically on the right side of the fence, they have guys like Helga Grant and, um, you know, Brent Clark. So he's already behind all those guys. Um, so there wasn't really a really great path forward in that organization for him. You've heard rumors that he was potentially thinking about entering, you know, doing the, doing the Jack McBain, but in LA. So, um, You know, he's going back to Minnesota and then, you know, I don't think this is a, this is necessarily a guy who, um, you really need to have a spend a full year in the AHL. I'm sure he'll start there obviously, but, um, you know, it's just the way he plays and how good he is and his strengths, you know, and, and really the need, if you look at the prospect pool on the back end there, there's a lot of guys who are like Carson Lambeau's Kalen Addison. It's a lot of offense there. Um, Again, not that they're bad defensively, but they don't have that but kind of like those shut down guys with a him, O'Rourke. So um, I just I love Brock Faber. So I was actually surprised they were able to get him. And then I kind of realized that it made sense with L.A. just because of that deep pool that they have back there. Um, but I do love Brock Faber. And I don't think it's a kid that's all that far away. Obviously, there's a little bit of refinement that needs to happen. Um, but now he's got another year of development on a Minnesota team that's getting... The kid that's probably going to go third overall, Logan Cooley. They're getting guys like Snuggaroo. They're getting high, high, high high-end players coming in, and that's already a program that's top five in the country. So um, I think it's going to be a huge year for Faber, and then I would expect him to sign not not very long after that season ends. So um, that's how I feel about him. Uh, Jesse Downey, love favor, huge upside and ready now. Does this pave the way for Rossi even if he has to play wing or maybe Hartman moves back to wing? I don't, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say that this was what would have paved the way for Marco Rossi. Um, I do think that, you know, I've said all along he's probably going to make the team out of camp this year. Um, and I do think that he's still, you know, going to start as a center there. So I'm um, sorry, just writing this down. Um, I just think Marco Rossi still is the guy that, um, you know, he's not a winger. It's a kid that wants to be on the puck. He's a playmaker. Um, He likes to be in the middle of the ice. He's not afraid to get the inside, even though he's small. Um, So I do think that he was already going to make the team. And I do think that he will be playing with a kid like Matt Boldy. You know, does that mean Freddie Gaudreau goes to right wing? You shift Boldy over to the left. Uh, do you keep Oldie on the right, Rossi in the middle, Tyson Jost? I'd love to see them give that a shot. But we know how Dean Everson feels about Freddie Goudreau. Um, You know, we'll see. I do think that he's a center. I don't think you'll be sticking him on a fourth line or anything like that. So I do think he gets a good look right at a camp. But I wouldn't say that this necessarily, you know, paved the way for him to make the team. I, I do think that he was going to make the team regardless. And I do think that he was going to be a center uh, regardless. So, um, So, yeah. Bacon shake. Nice. Uh can Faber go sicko mode like Makar. They, they spelt Makar with an H. I'm not gonna do it. I kind of did it. Um no, he's not gonna do that. He's <laughs> he is an elite level skater, but he's not Kale McCar, who's basically Nathan McKinnon on the back end. Um he's a shutdown D that I think there's more offense in there, but he's not gonna be a point per game kid. He's not gonna um you know, dance guys out of their shoes on the blue line like that. He's not gonna do that. So very different player, but um, you know, one similar they have is that you know, one of the calling cards of their game is that skating. Um Bro says, who's a realistic comparison for Faber in the current NHL? Um, I saw some guys throwing out McAvoy. I don't think that's necessarily the case, you know. Um, I get it you know, the other both you know, decent size, right shot D very mobile, um, high, high end defensive, uh, players, uh, McAvoy kills guys. He is. And I know everyone in Minnesota now hates him because he shoved someone once. Um, but yeah, I do Faber is capable of playing physical. He's a tough kid. He's not necessarily throwing these massive body checks, but he does play physical, um, which is, you know, part of the strength on his defensive game. Um, and he skates really well, but you know, I do think it's a little bit different. I think McAvoy actually does have more offense in there, especially a five V five. Um, he actually put up like 50 points this season, but, um, but I get the, the mold somewhat. Um, I think if you took, I think Brodine and, um, favor somewhat project similar, just in terms of maybe limited offensive production that can pop every once in a while, maybe not like pop pop, but like, um, High end skaters, defensive defensemen that'll be underrated forever. I could see that. Um, like obviously if a right shot, Brodeen's a left shot. Um, but you know, I could see that comparison a little bit. So if you were to mix those two, maybe, um, you know, right shot, Brodeen. Again, the skating with Brodeen, he might be the best skating defenseman in the National Hockey League, just especially like backwards. I think he might be the fastest backwards skater in the league. Um but something like that, I don't know. I don't love doing comparisons. It's kind of tough, but um, you know, if you were to take some kind of mold of of Brodeen and McAvoy, less offense um in terms of McAvoy, and then you know, less of the not far off with the skating with Brodeen and the fact that I guess they do project both as the shutdown D. So maybe Brodeen, but with a right shot, I guess. Da-da-ding. Uh, da, da, da. Lindsay Nicole, I will be the odd one out here, kind of. Do you think Billy Billy G is done making trades for the draft or do you think he has more up his sleeve? You never know with Billy. Um, right now he's kind of preoccupied with the Kaprizov thing, I guess, even though he says he's not freaking out about it. The Kaprizov thing is scared of so he might be stuck in Russia. That I, I I have no idea what to make of that. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he does. Um, you know, whether it's a trade to move up in the draft, whether it's to bring someone in, um I don't know. I wouldn't be totally shocked, but at the same time doesn't really think there's a ton of momentum either way, either direction right now. So uh, we'll see. You know what would a what would they be trading? That's the you know, I, I don't know. Um you know, there are certain prospects who at this point there's no real good path for them to, you know, make the team. Um you, know, you look at a kid like Adam Beckman. I thought the comments about him were weird at the end of the year. I thought his usage was weird in Iowa, um, even though they were, I've made comments obviously that they're probably just looking at making him a more complete player, but, um, the end of season comments. So maybe do, do they look for, you know, more draft picks, other prospects? I don't know. Um, you know, we'll see what he has up his sleeve. Um, because at this point they have like no cap space and they still need to fill roster spots. And you do need to improve the roster a little bit because it's, you know, just going in with the same team without Kevin Fiala and then like with a prospect or two, I just don't see how that's a recipe for success. So I don't know if he's got another trick up his sleeve and he trades up his sleeve. Um, It would be cool just because it's interesting. Um, I wouldn't be surprised at this point though, you know, if he's going to make a trade before the draft or during the draft, it is totally about the draft like it's uh you know moving picks or whatever um that's what i would if he does have a trade up his sleeve um that's what i that's kind of that i would expect um punch cut fade where is flower playing next season and regardless of what talbot may say publicly do you think he comes into next season a little salty about how the goalie situation played out down the stretch um, I mean I'm salty, I don't know. I mean, he's a competitive guy, and you know, he was um their starting goalie all year, and he was really good for a lot of the year. So I'm sure he's a little pissed off about the you know the usage in the playoffs. Um but at the same time, you know, I don't think he's gonna be pouty about it. Um, you know, you heard the comments after that were a little bit blown out of proportion. Um, but I don't know. I don't think salty is necessarily the right word, but I'm sure he's got a little chip on his shoulder. Um, I think we all would. So, you know, we'll see. And then in terms of Marc-Andre Fleury, I really don't know. Um, You know, Pittsburgh just extended uh, what's-his-face Casey to Smith for two years. So that feels like it's probably out. They just don't have a lot of space. Obviously, Bill Guerin's made some comments lately. Uh, The longer it goes on, it does feel like it's less likely that he ends up in Minnesota, especially just given the... um, you know, given the issues with the cap and the fact they have, like, no money, um, you know, obviously it would be great if you could get both him and Talbot back in, uh, give Wallstead some time to marinate the AHL, and then, you know, when the contracts are up, you have Wallstead come in. Um, but it does feel like a team like Minnesota, maybe Toronto, you know, they're not – doesn't sound like there's a whole lot of progress with them and Jack Campbell. Um You know, other than that, I'm not really sure. I mean, I'm sure Edmonton will take a swing, but I don't see him wanting to go to Edmonton. Uh, So we'll see where he ends up. Obviously, we all want it to be Minnesota. Um, I'm going to just say it'll be Minnesota. Fuck it. Punchcut fade also asks how many tucks does Beckman need in preseason to crack the opening lineup. I don't see him making the lineup. I just don't see it happening. Um, good for him though. He's named captain for, was it development camp or rookie camp or whatever? Uh, not rookie camp. It does make sense. Um, I don't see him making the team. There's just no spots for him, obviously. Um, so we'll see what they have planned for him. You know, there's still development that's, you know, that needs to be had for him. Um, You know, I think he had a decent year. Obviously, the numbers don't necessarily show up, but he wasn't really put in that situation there. Um, You know, he was asked to do a few different things. Again, I've said this before. I'm kind of curious to see what their plan is with him in terms of is that a chip? Um, You know, they've got a lot of left wing. um, So that will be one to watch for sure. Just because, again, I thought the comments were really weird at the end of the year, Uh, but he's still a kid and you know he's still super young um and you know he's not necessarily ready to be a top six forward in the national hockey league um so we'll see hopefully they can really just use him in the in a more offensive role in iowa this season uh but in terms of how many tucks does he need in preseason to make the team i just don't see him making the team either way so um i love the kid and i hope that he stays but i do wonder if he becomes a trade chip. um you know, that might be a little bit aggressive, but whatever. Um, it's just, I, I just did think that the comments were weird at the end of the year. And um, it doesn't really feel like there's a whole lot of, you know, positive chatter about, them, um, you know, in circles around here. So I would keep my eyes on that one, maybe. Um, All right, before I move on, let's talk about DraftKings. Let's pay the bills. Uh, the action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook especially this summer with tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports. You can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's insane. That's right. $1,000. Make your first bet up to $1,000. If it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, for golf, MMA and more. Uh, plus, same game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Draft, what? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, make your first deposit, and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. We're a little bit rusty. A little bit rusty with the uh, DraftKings, but um, we got through it. Okay, come on. Remember how to write words. Incredible handwriting. Love it. Whew. Okay. Next question from Matthew. Is Frank Nazar worth trading up for? I know Prawnman mocked him going to the Wild, but I doubt he falls that far. Seems like a high-ceiling player the Wild should try and get. Uh, I do think he probably does fall um, right around the the 15 10 16 17 18 19 range um again mostly because he's not super tall but this is a kid who probably should be getting more love in the top 10 um center that plays right wing as well you know primarily plays center for the uh national team development program um and he's incredible um just unbelievably creative high-end skater super high hockey IQ playmaking. He just does everything really well. Um, you know, he makes life easy for his line mates. That's for sure. I mean, you know, this season, 70 points of 56 games with the development program, um, more assists than points. It's just, he's just so good. Um, is he worth trading up for? Yeah, probably if he starts slipping around 16 or so, and you have that 19th overall pick, um, you know, he's not a guy that's not necessarily crazy to move up to try to go get him. He's just so good. Um, the hands are just, it's a joke. and the, He's a human highlight reel. Really. So if you just want to go to YouTube and just type in Frank Nazar, um, it's a whole lot of fun. He's one of my favorite players in the draft. I mean, I've probably had him my top, I don't know, eight or nine all year long. Um, and he really just doesn't have... A whole lot of weakness i mean the defense definitely is a work in progress but he's obviously a young kid but um you know he's the way he cuts through the neutral zone enters the zone he'll draw defenders in and then find that backdoor pass or find that pass to his teammates that are just wide open with no one around him um you know he's just so good at drawing guys in and then finding teammates so the playmaking is it's just super high end the skill the skating um he's one of my favorite players in the draft for sure um you know he's a dual threat he's got a really good shot accurate hard um scores from distance scores from in tight you know it, it's just he can play the half wall. this is a kid that should not be there at 19 but I think there's a good chance he is just because he's 5 foot 10 and 180 pounds so um the only thing that affects his projection for me is if the size ends up being you know an issue to the point where he's a winger and not a center he says he's a center he thinks he's a center i think he's absolutely capable of being a center just because the playmaking is that good um and the hockey sense is crazy and he loves having the puck on his stick and he's not afraid to get to the middle of the ice so um you know that's a kid for me should be in more top 10s like i know a lot of people put Lekker Amaki in their top 10. I put him over a kid like Lekker Amaki, um, Swedish kid. But he just does so many things really well. And he's one of my favorites in the draft. And he's one kid that if he's there, I would be shocked if um, if he's not one that Judd Brackett ends up taking. So um, I love Frank Nazar, And if he's there at 19, you jump all over that kid and you take him uh, tyler don't feel like you need to waste too much time on this but enjoyed the original commentary on this question so curious where you'd rank 19th in favor in this list um so this was a question a couple weeks ago that i went through oh boy people are freaking out about my five sons of the draft um why did i say that so loud I got to find the original tweet. This is Tyler threw four packages at me, four trade packages for Fiala. And I ended up taking the Kings package of the 19th overall, I think it was. And Helga Grounds uh, ended up being close, just Faber. So um, I think I would probably still put this at the top of that list. You know, I didn't think Faber would be an option. I didn't really think twice or I didn't really put a whole lot of thought into it. Um, just with the prospect pool that the Kings already had. Um, So, you know, I didn't really consider that to be an option, but I just, I love Brock Faber. I think he's, he adds a different dimension to this prospect pool, just in the fact that he's a high, high, high end defensive defenseman. He's that right shot, obviously. Um, You know, he's a Minnesota kid that wants to be here too, and that's important. So I would put him at the top of that list still, or this package at the top of that list. 33. Tyler also asks, uh, I know Denton matechuk is your draft son this year. It's true. He's my number one firstborn son of the 2022 NHL draft. Uh, but who are some other honorable mentions like stepchildren? <laughs> Close contenders in that regard. I just dropped my top five uh, sons of the 2022 NHL draft. Not necessarily top five players, but top five guys that I just love. Um, so I went Denton Matejok. I also love Cali Odelius out of Sweden. For me, he's a first round talent. Um, I think I might be not necessarily totally alone in that. I think there are a lot of people who see that as well, but Cali Odelius he's just so smooth. Um, does everything really well. Another guy that's just so good defensively. And, you know, in terms of his offensive production, he's not going to put up a ton of points, but he's just so smooth in transition. And, um, just everything he does is smooth, and he makes the game easy. Um, you know the breakout pass. Uh, if he's whether he's going to skate himself out of trouble or you know exit the zone with a with carrying the puck or first pass, whatever it is, um, he transports the puck really well. Um, you know he's another guy. One of my favorite things is when he's someone's going to go in and forward check him, he'll draw you in. Um, you know, and then switch the the plane of attack there, and and you you go out the other way with you know, no pressure whatsoever. So, um, you know, I love Cali Odellius. He's got a, he's got decent size. He left shot D can play both sides low. So I don't necessarily think that he's one that if he's available at 24 or whatever, 19, he definitely will be. I think he'll end up probably going late first, early second, uh, maybe even mid second. Um, I don't see Judd Brackett taking him, but, um, I do love Cali Odellius. My third born son is Cam Lund out of green Bay. He's a local kid around me, not you. um, He's just a whole lot of fun. And, you know, the beginning of the year, Green Bay had a brutal year. Like they were dog shit. They were so bad. And uh, Cam Lund, Cam Lund, he plays center. He plays wing. Um, you know, primarily at the beginning of the year, he was just a score um, and not like a crazy impact. 30 40 goal scorer uh, but as the year went on you know I thought his skating got a lot better um, he had a little bit of playmaking to his game so he had a little bit of an interesting development curve as the year went on uh, clearly you know the weird year of the weird couple years here with COVID obviously affected a little bit uh, he just got an invite to the world junior camp team USA uh, and I think it's well deserved and I think what His other, you know, the other center on that team, Ryan Green will probably get drafted before him. But Cam one's a good kid to take, you know, mid to late second, potentially even third round, depending on how uh, teams feel about him. But he does a lot of things really well. I think he's skating's okay. Um, There's room for improvement there, but it's not necessarily a weakness. Like I said, he added a little bit of playmaking to his game. He's got a really good shot. He's got one of the best shots in this draft. Um, You know, he can score from distance. He can score from in tight. Um, you know i think i tweeted a couple of videos of him the other day but he's one of my favorite players in this draft he really is so um you know a pick 54 definitely not a bad kid to take a swing on um so i love camland uh fourth born son adam Sikora plays for Nitra plays with the the one the only Simo nemitz who's my number 2 overall pick um does a lot of things really well. You know, he flashes a little bit of skill here and there. I think he moves really well. He can be electrifying at times. The, as the year went on, he got a whole lot better. He started producing. He's playing in that pro league in Slovakia with uh, with Nemets. Um, but defensively, he's really, really good. He's one of the better defensive forwards for my money in this draft. Um, he's a kid that will probably go second, third, maybe even fourth round. Um, didn't get a whole lot of exposure, but did play, maybe not the Olympics. Did he play in the Olympics? fuck it was either the olympics or world championships he had like six or seven goals but he's got a good shot he's got decent hands um i think he's just a really really smart hockey player so i like him a lot um and like i said before he's one of the better defensive forwards in this draft so um definitely a good value pick late early late second early third maybe even beyond um i love adam Sakura. and then my fifth born son Yuri kulich um Czech played in the Czech league, played in the pro league this season, put up decent numbers, mostly in the power play, but um he might have the best shot in this draft. Like it's a joke, at least the best one timer. He's hits absolute bombs uh, play center. We'll see if he ends up being a center in the national hockey league. Um, As the year went on, he, his stock skyrocketed, Um, but he moves really well. He's really, really high skill level um you know the compete necessarily isn't always there in the defensive zone but he's and he's a little bit of a slight frame he's got to get bigger he's got to get stronger um but again the skating the skill the shot um he's just a really fun player to watch and he started producing a lot more as the year went on um and he played in the pro league the whole year that czech league it's no joke so um i love yuri kulich um you know his stock against he's another kid that skyrocketed with his stock as the year uh went on um you know playing the world championships and uh, so he's definitely one to watch. He's been, I would watch for him with that late first round pick. I would watch for a kid like Yuri Coolidge. He'd be a really good ad for this prospect pool. Um, and I think I've seen him linked. You know, I've seen some people mocking him to go to the, to the wild in the draft. So I love Yuri Coolidge and I would definitely have my eyes on him. And those are my sons. Uh, there are a lot of other ones, obviously Jaker Furcus. I love Jacob uh Rucker McGrody, Jimmy Snuggerud out of the US NDP. USN and, oh my God, United States, uh, whatever, NDT, who gives a shit? Um, I like those guys a lot. Uh, Ryan Chester, I really like. Right shot via the national program. Uh, but in terms of my sons, those are my five sons. And let me time stay. Okay. Next question, also from Tyler. I've been down a. It's either Trikozov or Trikozov. I actually don't know. Uh, Gleb Trikozov. We'll go with that rabbit hole the last few nights, and I'm really bullish on this kid. I know it's hard to say, but I'm torn between grabbing him at 24 or gambling that he'll be available at 47. Gut take: Do you think he goes before or after 24? Before or after 47? Gleb Trikozov is awesome, and he's going to drop far, way too far. He should go in the first round. He should be taken right around 24, but I don't think he does. Um, there's risk there just with the Russian thing. So I think at this point, every Russian kids, you know, their stock have, it's all taken a, a scary kind of drop off. We've seen it has been going on just the last few days. Really, really scary shit. Um, but you know, in terms of the Russian kids, I think guys like Daniil Yurov who's another one who I love. I love Yurov, um, Rosh uh, Pavel Minchikov, who plays in the OHL. Um, you know, those are all guys that'll probably get taken before Chicoza, but he was incredible this year and definitely one who, you know, if you're paying attention to leagues outside of North America and not Sweden or Finland, he's a guy that you'll hear people talking about a lot. He just does everything really well. I think he's an incredibly high hockey IQ type player. Um, You know, he's a cable flashing a little bit of playmaking he's got a really 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 good shot defensively he's sound he can play center he can play wing Um, he just does everything really well you guys have heard me talk about him before um i know people who have him in their top 10 i don't know if i'd go necessarily that far um you know he's got to get he's definitely got to get a little bit stronger too but he just will um probably got to get a little bit better along the half wall um you know there's times where he's definitely getting muscled off a little bit but um He's just, he's another kid. He's just a dual threat, all situations. He produced really well. He played VHL games. I started noticing him because he plays on the same team as Mirosh Nashenko. And there's a lot of nights that he was just standing out significantly more than Tri- or Nashenko uh, was. Um, but he's just a really smart hockey player. He's really fun to watch, really good skater. Um, again, it, it's just a little, he's really just a complete guy. So, yeah, you should, you're right to be bullish. I don't think he's um, taken. 24th, and I would, I wouldn't even be surprised if he's, you know, beyond 47. Um, I think you know the right place for him is anywhere from 20 to 35 or so. I know that's kind of a big gap. I don't think it's. I wonder if just because he's Russian, he goes after 47. There's obviously risk there. He's not going to be here next year in North America. Um, He's going back to Russia. Same thing with a kid like Yarov. I think. I mean, I do think the deal Yarov goes either right around 24 before, but Chico's um, off a little bit different. doesn't have the same pedigree per se, but um, I wouldn't be shocked if he went, went after 47, but I just feel like someone's going to be smart enough to take him. So I'll say in between the 24 and 47. Um, but, you know, we'll see. I wouldn't be surprised to see um, – judd bracket not be afraid to draft a russian kid even with what's going on right now except maybe with the caprizo thing which is really scary uh maybe that does change things i don't know but um he'd be a really good fucking pick at 47 or 50 was it 56 um i would take him there in a heartbeat because he is that good Hideki, if you were GM, would you trade the Wilds two firsts, two seconds, and/or our defenseman prospect to draft a franchise-type center? Uh, no, because I don't really know how many there are in this draft. Um, like if you mean, I guess I'm not sure what exactly you mean by trading those, like packaging those two to move up that they have this year packaging them. I would, I mean, I'd move up if you could, um, you know, if there's guys falling there, I just don't know how many guys you look at this year. That's going to go in the top half of this draft that you'll say out and out definitive franchise center. Like I look at Shane, Wright, Yes. Uh, Logan Cooley definitely has potential to, for sure. um, you know, after that, it's slim pickings for guys that you say, yeah, that's going to be a franchise type center. It looks like the next one that'll go after them is Cutter Goche, and he's definitely not a franchise center. I think he's a really good 2C, but not necessarily a franchise center. Um, So, no, I mean, I wouldn't make it – I wouldn't do anything crazy. I wouldn't, like, give up a high-end prospect or, you know, another one of those picks just to – unless you feel like you can get to the first – you know, it's into that top three or you think Shane Wright falls to – I don't even know. He's because there's no way he falls beyond like four or five. So, um, not necessarily. But you know, if someone slips, you know, I'm not i po- I'm definitely not opposed to moving up for for the right player for sure. Uh, punch cut fade again. If you're a gambling man, which you are, this is true. Um, who are you betting on? Who are you betting the farm on at 19 overall? I'm gonna say one of Denton Matechuk or Frank Nazar. I do, and then people are like, but Matechuk's a left shot defenseman, he's underside, don't they have too many of those? Uh, Matejuk plays on the right side with Hunt, and there's no player like that Matechuk in this draft. There is it, he is an absolute unicorn of a defenseman. We haven't seen a kid like him in a very long time. Um, For me, I would probably have him anywhere from, like, ninth overall to 15, and he's my third favorite defenseman in this draft behind the two right-shot guys, David Yersek and Simo Nemitz. Um, He's, in all situations, guy, he's unbelievable, and he's the most fun player to watch in this draft by far. I do think, you know, we look back in a couple years from now or whenever all these guys that go in the first round end up when they all make it to the National Hockey League, I think we look at Den Techuk and say that was a top five pick in this draft. If you if we want to do a redraft, so um, yeah, I'm going to say him or Frank Nazar. I do think those are the two guys who, to me, just scream like the exact type of players that um, you know bracket would be looking for. If I'm going to add a third one in there, I would throw Daniil Yurov perhaps because I love Daniil Yurov and. No, left shot that plays the right side and he is insane. Like he's incredible. The hands, the skill, the shot. Um, you know, when he feels like it, the compete. Um imagining Kaprizov on the left with Daniel Yurov on the right someday really gets me going. Really uh really tickles my fancy. Uh so that's what we'll say there. Then again, they'll probably fucking trade out of the first round now that I said that. So that's going to be sweet. Okay, betting. That's what I'm going to label that timestamp. Uh, punch could fade again. Who are some potential sleepers to target with our second round picks? So the guys that I did just mention, um, Cam Lund, Adam Sikora, um, another one that I would be looking for. I think he's probably going to go in the first round or very early second round. A kid like David Goyette. Uh, really just complete center. And a kid that really turned on at the end of the season um, for, what was it Sudbury? I always mix these goddamn teams up. Um, the OHL finished right over a point per game. Um, and that was after not really being close to a point per game halfway through the year. And then he kind of just took off. Um, I believe he actually fought Ryan O'Rourke one game this year. I believe that was him. Yeah, it was him. But he's a really fun player. Just skill, hands, He's you know reliable on the defensive side of the game, um, you know the shots decent, and I think he is a little bit you know he's got some playmaking to his game, and he is a natural center that can play the wing. Um, so you know if you're gonna bolster your your center depth in the second round there, not a get not a bad kid to uh, take there if he's available. I also really like Danny Zilkin out of Guelph on uh, the second round there. Um, who else? trikosov if he's there, you take him ten times out of ten. Let's see. Let's see. Potential sleepers. Who else can we bring up here? So who we just say Cam Lund, Adam Sikora for sure. Um, David Goyette, Danny Zilkin, Owen Beck for sure. Another center, probably more of a three on the National Hockey League, but he has top six center upside. Um, You know, the, the points don't jump off the page at you, but just another one that's just a complete hockey player that looks like he might be available in the second round. I like I like Owen Beck a lot. Um, who else let's, let's find one more let's see let me just look at my list here some of the guys I really like probably should have prepared this A. Eh? if Jaeger Fergus falls to the second round because he's small I'll punch someone but if he's there you take him uh, I don't think he will be though I think someone's going to be smart enough in that first round that's another kid to keep your eye on for sure <laughs> Who might be there? have loads on the right shot, but you probably have a little bit of that already. If Ryan, Ryan Chester, he's there's no way he should be outside the first round. I want to find one more good one. You would think that I'd have this ready to go in front of me, but here we are. I want to get one more that I would necessarily call a sleeper. My brain is just broken at this point, dude. Hmm. We'll stick with that for now. Maybe like a Ryan green, same team. Green Bay plays with Cam Lund, uh, had a bad year, but, um, definitely not a bad player though. I don't, I think that team had such a brutal fucking season. Um, or Cruz Lucius, I like Cruz Lucius a lot. Um, brother Chaz went in the first round last year. Um, I like Cruz Lucius; He's super skill, um, plays like a little bit of a psychopath. I kind of love him. But those be the guys that I look to target there in that second round. His Maybe you wouldn't necessarily call them sleepers. Uh, one deep draft sleeper would be like a Mikey Mill Overager out of Winnipeg, plays with Lambos. Super fun player to watch. Well over a point per game. Was absolutely electric this season. Um, I want to say he's a. Was he eligible last season? I don't even remember if he's the first or second year, or second or third year eligible uh, Overager, but that's a guy that's going to go late. And I would take a swing at him for sure. Another one. Oh, you know what? We'll go. Uh, was it Ilya Kvachko? Another center kid. Uh, Russian center. Really good. A lot of skill. Just Russian. I don't even know how well I answered that question. I was just all over the place. I gave like two decent rundowns or three decent rundowns. And I just got excited. My brain started going all over the place. But I mean, I guess that's kind of standard for this fucking podcast. Um, okay. Next question. Um, Nick Schuster, any teams in the 8-15 to range that could use a guy like Addison and one of our firsts could play on someone's top six consistently and help a PP, uh, Lambert, Nazar, or Geeky would look good in the system. Um, I don't know if I necessarily want to give up uh, Kalen, Addison, and a one of those first round picks just to move up. Um, I do. If you can get Brad Lambert, that is a big time swing. Like that would be a home run swing. He there's a good chance he's gonna fall lower than he should. Although I've seen some stuff about um, Seattle, uh, just because he got his rights got traded WHL to WHL2 Seattle. Does Seattle think about it? Do they trade down and then you know take a home run swing on Lambert? brad lambert should have been challenging for a top four top five pick this year um he's just fallen off a cliff he'd been traded like three or three switched teams in the league of three or four times i do love lambert he's the probably the best skater in this draft highest skill in terms if you're gonna do an all tools draft like skill skating shot whatever you're probably taking lambert first overall it's just for whatever reason it hasn't really translated all the uh as much as you'd like it to. So I would expect him to go well before like 19 or 24 though. So I do think he goes between eight and fifteen. And I'm if I'm just gonna bet on it, I wouldn't be shocked if he ends up going to like Columbus at twelve. Um, you know, get the another finish guy in there. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if Seattle trades down, you know, we'll see. But he's definitely in terms of just pure talent and pure tools, you know, he's probably the best player in the draft. So um it's been a weird one for him. Maybe he just needs to get drafted and then, you know, he'll take off. We'll see. We saw it last year with Atu Ratu, who was the number one consensus the year going into the draft. Um, and then he just kind of fell off a cliff and um, ended up going the second round to the Islanders. Uh, Brad Lambert's dad, L- Lane Lambert, does he end up taking him? I think it's the 13th overall. That would be, you know, and then him and Ratu are on the same team. We'll see. Um, Nazar, I really don't think you might, you, mean, you might not have to trade up to get him. You know, you might, he might be there at 19, but if you get to 15, 16 and you're thinking there's a team in front of you that's going to take him, uh, I would definitely, you know, we said this before I trade up to get Nazar. Um, and then if Geeky's still there, you know, you think about him too. I think Geeky's absolute uh, floor is a really good defensive third line center, like a Joel Eriksson-Ek, um, you know, his big drawback is that skating, like his skating, it's, you know, he's young and there's always room for improvement, but it is just so bad. He's one of the worst skaters in this draft, but the hands you can't deny the hockey IQ. You can't deny the skill, the defensive side of the game. Like Connor geek, he's another kid that started the year. You know, he was talking about top five overall, uh, pick and you know, things he had a decent season in Winnipeg. There's such a star studded team that, um, you know, other guys just jumped in front of him with production and he took a little bit more of a defensive role just because of how good he is. But, um, Know that's another one, you know. He would, if he's there, I think he'll probably still be there from anywhere from like 12 to 15. You know, he's a guy you consider trading up for, but um, in terms of trading Addison and a first, like that's a hot one of your top and that's like one of your top five prospects, probably, and a first round pick just to move up a couple spots. I wouldn't do that. Um, I would consider. Packaging like a first and one of those seconds, or a first and one of the thirds to move up into like 15, 14 range, like they did last season. Last year, only took they only moved up two spots and it t- cost them a third round pick. So, probably cost you a second round pick to get to like 15 from 19. I don't know. Um, but that's what I would do if you're going to move up. I would consider I wouldn't trade the other first round pick and I wouldn't trade, um, I wouldn't trade like a prospect though. Notice it's like a middling prospect. I don't know. Depends how high you're moving up, I guess. If you're going to eight, then you have to think about it. Not Addison. I wouldn't give up Addison just to move up. Well, maybe I would. I don't know. Who fucking knows? I probably still wouldn't. Okay. Sober cab. (laughs) What is that? Uh, Is Judd Brackett drooling over four picks in the top 60 or should they have tried for a 2023 pick? Uh, I think he's salivating over four picks in the top 60. Um, You know, who knows? Maybe like an off the board move is for them to move one of those picks to take up, you know, for a 2023. I don't know. Um, Or if someone wants their 24th overall pick and, you know, they can make things happen and get 2023 pick now I, I don't think that you want it's a dangerous game projecting that far right because what if you you know make that trade and the team that you make that trade to they have a really good season in 2023 and they're you know you get another one late in the first i mean it's still it's still great but you know i think he's salivating over having two picks in the first two rounds um or whatever four picks top 60 um like i said this it's not that it's not that this is a bad draft yes, next year's draft is going to be a thousand times better, uh, just because it's be, there's got potential of being one of the best drafts of all time. But, um, there's a lot of depth and there's a lot of value to find in this draft outside of like the top half of the first round. So, um, especially with a guy like Judd Brackett, he's the guy like for this specific draft, Judd Brackett is the guy you want running your, your draft, right? Like, you want him to be the director of amateur scouting running your draft this year, just with the kind of uh, I've, how many times can I say draft in a minute? Jesus Christ, but um, I think he's salivating, over having four picks to the top 60 for sure. Um, you know, as good as the 2023 group projects to be, and I mean, you can still. You can still get 2023 picks as the year goes on. I mean, you're going to have to make trades here. So, um, you know, and then you've got a lot of prospects who probably aren't going to play for you. So you can always still pick up 2023 uh, draft picks. So, you know, I would definitely watch for that as the year goes on. Okay. Whew. Got a couple more. Tyler, curious how you have the following ranked. Owen Beck, Rucker McGrody, Connor Geeky, David Goyette, Noah Oslund. Ooh. Probably go... Geeky. Just because I think his ceiling is, or his uh, floor is just 3C. Hmm. And then it's either McRory or Osland. Geeky. McRory, Ostlund, Beck, Goyette. Boom. Yeah, the close one there is the Ostlund or McRory second. You know, with McGroity, you're betting on his brain and his skills to overcome the feat. Same thing with Geeky, but Geeky's on another level, I think, anyways. Uh, Goyette, um, you just wonder about the ceiling. And then same thing with Owen Beck, so there you go. <clears throat> Jay Ricard, Kamel or Lekaramaki? Uh, if you're picking at 10-ish, uh Kemel for me, I just think he's more projectable. I know that Leckermaki produced more in the – well, he produced really well in the SHL. He got 20-something games, he had seven goals. Um, I just think he kind of became somewhat of a one-trick pony. I thought before Kemel got hurt or Kemel, um I mean at one point this kid was 17 years old leading Liga in goals. I mean, that's insane um you know hey were they power mostly on power play sure but he was also you know he had a little bit of playmaking in there and he was playing against these big dudes who were trying to kill him and they couldn't catch him um you know and i thought there were a lot of nights he was just dominating against lesser opponents in like the world juniors or um you know world championships but um i would take Kemel, and i think he's a top 10 pick lecker maki i think might go before him and i think he's probably gonna go like no he's going top 10 i don't think he should but he will um i mean he's a great player it's for me he's top probably 15 16 17 18 but um i have a feeling that Kemel, or for me it's Kemel. but i think lekaramaki might go um that being said the last like week or so it has you know picked up steam i think they might go like back to back though we'll see and then thoughts on craig button's list um who does he fucking love there are a couple he likes lekaramaki a lot uh, he has Kemmel at three, actually, I guess. Having Kemmel above Yerasek is crazy to me, but whatever. Snuggerud, he's got his top ten. Korchinski, he's got ten. Pickering's at 13. Roshchenko, 15. You got Fergus at 16. Okay. Um, I mean, it's not like crazy, crazy. Um, he loves Reed Schaefer. A lot of people love Reed Schaefer. He's too hot for me. There's a lot of people that love Luca Del Bell Belous. I think he's got an incredible name. Um, I thought he had a really good year, but I just, I, I don't know. I maybe I'm lower on him than other people. He's one, he's a, be a good one for the second round if he's there, but um, I think he's too low on the czar, um, too low on geeky, too low on Savoy at 19. That's kind of nuts. Reed Schaefer, I do hear, is going to be a first-round pick. He had a really good second half of the year, um, and he's wild. I think he had like eighty something, ninety something PIMs. He's got him at twenty. I think mean, that's too high for me, but whatever. And then he has Parivalev. I love Alexander Parivalev. That's another Russian to look for later in the draft. Um, I mean, it's not nuts. I think Kemel at three would be aggressive, but you know, like having him above Cooley is kind of crazy. Having him above Nemets is nuts. So I think at the top half of his board is significantly different than what I would have. But I mean, I guess there's for the most part, it's reasonable, I guess. Three more. Joseph Navaria Navaria I never know how to say your name I'm sorry uh Yurov or Merashchenko I do think it's close uh but I'm taking Yarov. um and for me it's just the unpredictability I think he there are a lot there are a lot of nights at if you look back at last year's Halinka Gretzky, I thought he was the one that was making Merashchenko look like a top 5 pick a lot of nights um You'd definitely be happy taking either one of them. And the thing is, though, Mirosh Dushenko reportedly is planning on staying in the United States after he gets drafted. So that's huge. Um, And, you know, it sounds like he's healthy and in the clear. But for me, my preference is Yurov. But they're not far off for me. I just think the combination of Yurov's game, um, his ability to play a little bit quicker, I like that. Um Rosh Hashanko definitely plays heavier. He's not as fast. Skating isn't as good, but um his shot is insane. He's got a bomb. Um, and he's electric. So he, those are two kids that you're very happy with if you get them late in the first round. Um, especially considering coming to the end. they're both like top eight uh picks. So um my preference is Yurov. Just the the combination of the things, what he does well. Uh, I think he's a little bit m- just like more like. I think he's a little bit more unpredictable. He's got a little bit more flash to him um, and playmaking than Amarash Deschenko does. Murat, who's Nadinov fan account? Who is the most reasonable player that you want with the first pick? I think you mean Minnesota's first pick, so pick 19th. Uh, pick 19th. Nice one, idiot. Pick nineteen. And why I'll probably go Nazar Uh, again. I just think whether he's a center or a winger, he, for me, it's going to take a lot for him to not be an impact player in the national hockey league. I think he complements this prospect pool really well. Either you're getting the guy that's going to play right behind Marco Rossi for a very long time. Who's going to be around a point per game for you forever. Or you have another right shot, right wing with a ton of offense. The skating, the skill, the hockey IQ. um, You know, for me, and just the fact that he's small, I don't give a shit. Um, You know, and I think he's going to fall. I think there's a good chance he goes to 19. And you add that kid to your prospect pool right now. I mean,. With what you already have, you don't have a ton of guys that do the things that Frank Nazar does, right? Like you look at the forwards in the prospect pool. You got Marco Rossi, all situations, two-way, number one center. Um, you know, Matt Bowler's not a prospect anymore, so we can't can't use him. Adam Beckman, sniper. That's pretty much right now the name of his game. Um Murat who's Natinov. Love him, Murat, who's a Dino fan account. Skating, crazy. Good skill, incredibly high hockey IQ. Right now, projecting more of a defensive center, but you'll, I mean, you know, if he hits his potential and he finds some offense, he learns how to play a little bit more in the KHL and get to the inside of the ice, you have a 2C there. Or you have a really good play um, left wing. Um, but there's just not a lot of guys that do what. Nazar does. Nazar is more projectable than a kid like Vlad Firstov, uh, or anyone that you have on the, the wings. Um, everything does project to the NHL level. So um, just because he is, it sounds like there's a decent chance he does fall to 19. That's who you take. And for me, he's a top eight, nine pick in this, in this draft. Um, that's just going to fall because he is shorter than everyone else. Um, and there are a lot of people who watched the uh United States national United States national team development program. And they'll tell you that he on a lot of nights was better than Logan Cooley. I know at the at, right around the middle of the season, a lot of my buddies who I talked to uh, specifically over at EP elite prospects, they were, they, they were like, you have to take Nazar right now over Cooley. Um, I never got that far. Like I never got that crazy with it, but um, he just projects really well. The skills, crazy, the hockey IQ, the skating, He's electric and whether he ends up on the center of the wing, he's a top six forward for me for sure. Um, And he's just like, I mean, he's, he's, I mean, he's also like insurance for you in your pool right now, whether it's the right wing or the center, either you're going to get in your two C or you're getting a top six right wing. So that's my guy at 19. If he's there for Minnesota. Final question. And this is from like two weeks ago. Lindsay Nicole, what are your expectations for Jesper Wallstead in Iowa next year? And do you see him joining Minnesota in the 2023-2024 season? Uh, I would look at wallstead and I would expect him to go right around 50% split with um if they bring back McIntyre or whether it's him or you know, if it's one of the other kids, then maybe it's more of, you know, he's the starter. But I expect him to fit in right away. I expect him to produce well, um win a lot of games because this is a kid who's been playing in the SHL as one of the best goalies in that league as a kid playing against former NHL players, playing against guys who could play in the NHL but choose to stay in Sweden because they're from Sweden. Um, he's playing a lot of guys who are just better than the players in the AHL. So I expect him to fit right in and I don't think it takes him that long to adapt to the North American ice to the North American game and to start getting ready um, and looking ready to play in the nhl um you know obviously the goal is for him to be in the nhl by 2023-24 i don't think that they're gonna rush him whatsoever and again you gotta think about the goal is you're not gonna um you know rush him into the nhl just to have him be a backup right so um you know it's not out of the realm of possibility that he's ready after one year in the AHL. um it's probably more realistic that he does too and then he goes and whether he's going 50-50 split his first year in the NHL or whether he's backing up or whether he's even a starter. Um, We'll see. But um, I think more realistic would be the 2024, 2025, have him as a full-time NHL player. Um, But it's definitely not with just how good he is and the way he plays, how it's so much more predicated on, um, you know, his brain than necessarily him being like a freak athlete. Um, You know, you look at his big comp – is probably like a, a Tuka Rask where he hit the NHL early at a young age, um, you know, and played for a really long time and he was excellent for a really long time just because he reads the play so well. And he's such a smart hockey player. So um, it's definitely not out of the realm of possibility that he joins Minnesota in 2023, 24, but if it is as a backup, I would say that it's more likely that they go, they find a bargain for that year. You're not going to just develop them to be a backup. So um Let's get fun with it and say, yeah, well, he'll be there. So there you go. We did it. We did the draft episode. Um, It is like 730 right now. We'll see when this drops. If this drops the morning of the draft, I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry for not getting it done sooner. Um, You can blame my insomnia and my brain. Um, This is going to be a really long document to send Isha So I apologize. He should advance. Uh, But thank you for tuning in. Cannot wait for the draft to happen. Can't wait to see what moves Minnesota has up their sleeves and who they end up taking. Um, Look out for that link that will be tweeted out. If you want to join us for the uh, watch party, I don't know, the live stream of the NHL draft. I'll be there the whole time. I'll be drinking beers probably out of a straw and um it's gonna be a lot of fun so thank you again for tuning in and we'll see you in a couple of days we'll talk about the fiala favor trade and the first traffic uh and where we're at then we'll see who we add to this prospect pool <coughs> prospect pool and we'll see who the newest buds of judd are after tomorrow see you then